Hello, my friends. This summer, we are re-airing some of the very best episodes from the 3 and 30 archives that explore the three main pillars of my Self-Assured Motherhood program, which will open for enrollment in September. I'm so excited about this week's Encore episode with Candace and Becky, the founders of Mindful Art Company. It's been five years since we originally aired this episode about how to use mindfulness to cope with pain or illness as a mom. And it's one of my all-time favorites, so it was time to bring it back. Before we jump in, I want to remind you that if you're interested in being notified when my Self-Assured Motherhood program opens for enrollment in the fall, please text the word SAM, which stands for Self-Assured Motherhood, to 33777. That's SAM to 33777. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast to help you feel more like yourself within your motherhood. Each 30-minute episode features three actionable takeaways to help you become a more self-assured mom, someone who knows yourself, honors your needs, and loves your people. Listen in to feel encouraged as we learn together how to overcome overwhelm and find more magic in motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. I'm so glad you're here. We've all heard the old saying that moms shouldn't be allowed to get sick. And it's true. We shouldn't because we need to take care of our families and family life doesn't just pause when mom isn't feeling well. And it's hard enough for the household to continue functioning for like a week when mom gets a bad cold or the flu. But when a mother faces chronic illness or pain, a condition where her health is permanently affected for a time or possibly forever, that can be a truly devastating trial. And I've watched some of my dearest friends suffer this way. One of my best friends has Lyme disease, and she's been basically bedridden for several years. She has two young children. My own mother battled breast cancer for 13 years while my sisters and I were little. And even I personally have had a taste of this because I was diagnosed with a chronic health condition several years ago. And the medication I take for it causes kidney stones. It is hard to face illness and pain, especially as a mother. And for me, the most difficult part is how discouraged I sometimes feel when I can't care for my family in the way that I would like to. And so several months ago, I was in the midst of one of my kidney stone attacks, and I reached out to a couple of women whose work I really admire, and asked for their advice on using mindfulness and meditation to deal with chronic pain. Becky Farley and Candace Little are two mothers. They're in two different stages of life, and they are very passionate about teaching families to use simple mindfulness skills in everyday life. And they're the founders of Mindful Art Company, I'm so excited to have them on 3 and 30 today to talk about how mindfulness can help mothers who are dealing with physical pain or limitations. And so, Becky and Candice, welcome to 3 and 30 Podcast. Hi, Rachel. Hi, thank you so much for having us. We're excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you on. There's so many different aspects of your work that I love and that the different products and things that you've put together for families, I'm truly like kind of obsessed with. So it's an honor to have you on. And I want to give a little bit of background on the two of you because I do think it's pertinent to our topic today. And so, Becky, let's start with you. So can you tell us about your motherhood journey and how it led you to dive into mindfulness? Yeah, absolutely. So my kids are all in college now, but about 16 years ago, I had a stillborn baby 
and went through a pretty severe postpartum depression. And for a long time, I didn't really know what it was. I, I just kept saying, I'm a happy person. Why, why is this happening? This is so weird that I'm crying in the middle of the grocery store. And why can't I get through this? And I had a good friend that introduced me to a therapist who taught me how to meditate. And the therapist was just one of the most amazing, calm. She just was really an amazing person and kind of changed my life. I had done some meditation in college, but not really on a regular basis. But she taught me an easier way to meditate. And I've stuck with it ever since then. And it has really changed my motherhood in the fact that all three of my kids are actually meditators. Oh, that's and so awesome. Actually do practice mindfulness and it's helped them, especially through their college journey right now. Mm, yes. And I love having mothers from different phases of life on the show. So a lot of my guests are young mothers. They're kind of at a similar stage to me, but they're I love having moms who have been there, done it, have that empathy. And to hear that you went through that experience of losing a baby, which you know, a lot of mothers go through that and that mindfulness helped you through that really dark time. I think that's really inspiring. And then Candice, what about you? So how did you come to mindfulness? Okay. So if you don't know, Becky is actually my aunt. And so mm -hmm. I've been watching Becky really be mindful and meditate for almost, well, definitely half my life. But I finally took a class from her a couple of years ago. And it was right when I was actually experiencing a lot of pain with a herniated disc in my neck, but also just experiencing the regular chronic pains of motherhood. I had two small children at the time. And when I took her classes, I really just discovered the tools that I needed to come out and up and above these pains that I was having every day. And so I was sold on it immediately. And it has improved my mothering. And it has also improved my pain. Wow. I love hearing that. And I do feel like I want to upfront kind of define what these terms mean. I'm not naturally a still person at all. And so I'm a little bit sometimes like that's not for me, like a little bit turned off by the idea of meditation. I'm realizing more than ever how much I need that because I'm not a still person. But can you just define for us, like, what is mindfulness and what is meditation? And is it really feasible for busy moms to work this into their lives? A hundred percent, it's feasible. Mindfulness is actually different than meditation. Meditation is a way to practice mindfulness. So mm -hmm. what we found with busy moms is the focus of mindfulness is much easier to get to than the actual meditation. I, I'm not saying that they shouldn't meditate, but if, you know, you're going all day long and your kids have the stomach flu and, you know, everybody's pulling you different directions, if you can just stop for just a minute and notice your physical surroundings, the colors that you're looking at, the sounds that you're hearing, the smells that you're smelling, all of that is actually being mindful. Mm -hmm. And then what we found is with meditation, if you can just plan a time in your day, like at every stoplight, you take a couple of deep breaths in. I like to do it when I'm putting my kids to bed and nobody wants to get their pajamas on. 
I'm like, great, I'm just going to meditate here for three minutes or four minutes, however long it's going to take them to listen to me, kind of. <laughs> uh, and I, I sit there, I take a couple deep breaths and I will notice things about their bedroom or about their cute jammies or about their hair. And it just really grounds me to the moment. Um, mm. And that's the way I fit in my meditation is something I know I'm going to do every day. Bedtime with my kids is one. Brushing my teeth. Hopefully I do that every day. You know, that's another time you can fit it in. But maybe take a minute right now and think about something you do every single day that you could work in this kind of grounding method of using your five senses to to notice things about your moment right then. Right. Mm -hmm. And then if you actually have the time to spend meditating, there's some great apps that you can use or you can just sit quietly and watch. And if you feel anxious, just allow the anxious feeling to be there and notice it and actually say to yourself, this is what anxious feels like. This is what it feels like to want to stand up and do a million different things. Mm. And if you allow yourself to do that, that is a meditation right there. Yeah. And I feel like that is a great lead into specifically what we're going to be talking today about pain. And there that you said, just like, if you feel anxious, just notice it and allow it. It is so hard, like I said in my intro, to be a mom who's also dealing with illness or pain. And I love the takeaways that you three have taught me. I literally reached out to Candice when I was in the middle of a kidney stone thing and said, can you send me three takeaways on how to deal with my pain right now? And she sent me back these, this email with the three takeaways that we're using as the outline for this presentation. So let's start with the first takeaway about how to use mindfulness when we're in the midst of pain or illness. So the first takeaway is separate your pain from your suffering. And there's an equation that says pain times resistance equals suffering. So they're two different things. The pain and the suffering are two different things. And as you learn how to be mindful, you can see a separation with them. And once you let go of the resistance that you're having from the pain and actually accept that you're having pain. So in Candace's case, it would be actually accepting that her neck hurt. Or in your case, it would be with kidney stones. Or in my case, I have some arthritis to actually accept Yes, I'm having the pain right now. That is what's going on in my body. And then sort of letting go of the fact that you're not the mom that you want to be at this point in time. And that's okay. There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with the fact that you can't get up and do 100 million things. But just to let go of that resistance to want to be something that you can't be at that moment. And then that tends to loosen up that suffering. And once you loosen up the suffering, I think that healing is more able to come in at that point. Because if you're always resisting, you know, if you think about your hands balled up into fists, it's hard to do anything. But if you can just let go of your hands and just let them relax, well, you're able to use them at that point, if that makes sense. It so totally, totally makes sense. And I feel like with me, when I'm in pain or sick, a lot of times I kind of catastrophize that. And I think this means I'm never going to feel better. This is always going to keep happening. I'm never going to be able to be the mom that I can be. And I do notice that that is only compounding. It's adding emotional pain onto my physical pain. It's mm -hmm. adding suffering 
to my physical pain. And I love this advice to really separate those two things. So how do you deal with the thoughts that you have? Because it's not like I I want to have those thoughts, but they come to me. What do I do with them when they come to me that I'm never going to feel better, that I'm never going to be able to be the mom that I want to be? Well, I think you have to acknowledge them. I mean, so often we don't even realize what we're thinking, right? We just think and think and think and think, and we never realize that there's a spot in between those thoughts that you're not thinking for just a minute. Mm -hmm. And in that spot, you notice, oh, where am I going? Where are these thoughts taking me? They're taking me down a path that I'm really just identifying with my pain instead of identifying with the wholeness of my body. So it would sound more like I'm not a chronic pain patient. I'm a whole person who happens to deal with chronic pain right now. Mm. So it's just a part of what's happening in your existence. It's not your whole existence. And for me, it's not going to happen right off the bat. Obviously, you're going to feel the pain for a while. And you might go down what I like to call the rabbit hole for a minute and then pull yourself up and say, now, wait a minute. Who am I if I don't, who am I with this pain and who am I without this pain? Actually ask yourself those questions and it tends to really help to, to minimize the suffering once you realize that you're having those catastrophe thoughts, that mm. thoughts are taking you down a road that isn't really helpful. Yeah. And I would just add that sometimes those so that suffering comes because of certain expectations that we have of ourselves, right? Like I'm expecting myself to be a more active mother, even though I have a neck injury. Like that's not a realistic expectation, right? And mm -hmm. another one is I'm expecting to go through this life without having any pain at all. And that's mm -hmm. really not a healthy or a correct expectation. So when I find myself having those reoccurring thoughts that are leading me down that rabbit hole, I like to kind of just look at my expectations of, myself and of life in general. And I usually can correct it by just saying, that's a crazy expectation. Of course, there's going to be pain, right? Mm -hmm. so and also, I think our expectation or our definition of a good mother, we need to question that, that a good mother is up and about and attending all the events and doing all those things, when really that is not part of the definition of a good mother. Like a good mother is a loving mother and you can do that from your bed. Like I said, my mom battled breast cancer for 13 years and she was in her bed a lot of the time. But I remember her as a very loving mother and we would climb in bed with her and she would read to us. We would play board games in her bed. She was very present and would listen to our stories. And so if we can question our own definition or expectation of what a good mother is, that might give us more permission and freedom to do it differently than other women because our body is different than another person's body. Absolutely. And your body changes over time. I mean, just recently, I had to mourn the fact that I no longer had a 30-year-old body. I now have a 50-year-old body. And that 50-year-old body does a lot of things that the 30-year-old didn't, but also can't do the same things that I did back then. So I think that pain takes you into a sense of mourning and a sense of loss. I think that's why we're really afraid of it. At the end of the day, we're afraid of the loss. And I think that's what you're saying, that if you are not the mother that you thought you were going to be, then you've mm -hmm. lost something. And really, that's not true at all, because we have no idea. Look at what 
beautiful thing, things came from your mom being in, yeah. in bed. I mean, you wouldn't have trade, traded that for anything. And what if she was that kind of mom that was the PTA president and, the, you know, doing all the stuff, nothing against PTA presidents, but, you know, doing all this stuff and maybe she wouldn't have been there quite to the extent that she was there for you. Mm -hmm. That did make her the perfect mom for you. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I would never wish that experience on my mother, obviously, but I do think that in some ways she was an even more present and loving mother to me than she would have otherwise been if she were healthy. Mm -hmm. And so a blessing really came from that really hard thing in our family's life. Again, not that any of us would want that, but if we can look for those blessings and silver linings in there, I think that they really are there. Right. Let's take a quick break to thank this episode's sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. Today on the show, we're talking about using mindfulness to cope with illness as a mom. I shared a little bit about how, as I've gone through health challenges and kidney stones throughout the years, it has been very challenging for my mental health as well. The takeaways in this episode go along well with many of the skills I've learned in therapy. I have been so grateful for trusted counselors to talk with over the years who have taught me how to separate my pain from my suffering. It's still not easy to do, but it is so much easier than it used to be, thanks to the wise counsel of my therapists. If you think therapy would help you to prioritize your own care and get through the hard seasons in your life, give BetterHelp Online Therapy a try. Just fill out their quick online questionnaire and you'll be matched with a therapist in about 48 hours. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash 3in30 today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3in30. This episode is also sponsored by Thrive Market, an online membership market that helps you save up to 30% on high-quality products. Raise your hand if your grocery bill has skyrocketed over the past couple of years like mine has. I love my little mountain town. But with only one main grocery store, prices are especially high and the options on products are low. This is why I love Thrive Market. For just $5 a month, Thrive gives you access to thousands of organic and sustainable products curated for members at an exceptional price. I was so excited to see they have a huge variety of Kevin's Heat and Serve meals, way more varieties than I've seen in my grocery store. Our family tried Kevin's Chicken Pasta Primavera and Beef Stroganoff, and they were a hit. So simple and delicious, and I was able to save almost $50 on my whole order due to their great prices. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash 3in30 for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash 3in30, thrivemarket.com slash 3in30. Well, and that kind of leads us into our second takeaway, which is allow pain to fix you. And mm -hmm. what we've kind of been saying is this pain made your mom the mom that you needed. And I definitely think that the pain in, from my neck has definitely made me the mom that my children need. Isn't it Tara Brock who says that pain is, what's that quote oh, that she says? Oh, she says pain is just like information for you. Yes, she says that pain is just an unresolved need. That's right. So if our pain is an unresolved need and we're actually listening to it, there's a story about a king 
and the king had a messenger come to him and the messenger told him a message that he hated, that he didn't want to hear. And so he killed the messenger. <laughs> and I think that's what ends up happening with us. We end up killing the pain by going out and working harder or signing ourselves up for more stuff or signing our kids up for more stuff. That's, a, that's another famous thing. And instead of actually saying, you know what, I just need to take this time right now for myself. And when I say that, I don't mean like the kind of treat yourself. I mean, a kind that says, I need to take a nap. I need to make myself a sandwich. I need to go to the bathroom. I haven't gone to the bathroom all day and I need to go. It's that kind of like listening to that messenger and actually hearing it and letting it be your friend. Mm. And if you don't mind, I want to tell another story really quick. No, um, please do. I love the stories. Oh, good. Okay. So before the Buddha became the Buddha, he was visited by the god Mara. And Mara represents all the negative emotion, greed, envy, hatred, all of those kind of negative emotions. And he tried to come to his house and he knocked on the door and um, the Buddha, before he was the Buddha, was holding the door and putting the furniture up against and, and locking the door and saying, don't come in, don't come in, don't come in. And the Mara just kept coming and knocking and knocking. And finally, he said, you know what? I can no longer hold this back anymore. And he set a beautiful tea out for Mara and he opened the door and he said, come in, Mara, you are welcome here. And Mara came in and sat down to tea and then got up and left when it was time. And all throughout his life, Mara continued to visit him. And every time he visited him, he would look at Mara and say, I see you. I see you, Mara. I see that you're there and I recognize who you are. And I think that that's pain to us. We will bar our doors. We'll try to work out harder. We'll try to eat more kale. We'll try to, you know, even meditation can get in the way too. And I love meditation, but we'll try to do all these things when what we really needed was to just take a nap or mm. to take a break or to just make a sandwich, whatever it is, something much more simple rather than shooting that messenger or barring that door. Yeah. And I've really experienced this recently where I've had continued health problems and have looked at myself and said, what is this showing me? I think my body is telling me that I need to slow down, allow the pain to fix you. Like you said, what is the message here? And I am going to make some pretty dramatic shifts to the pace at which I'm moving because I'm finally accepting the pain and my health problems and looking at it almost like lovingly, like body, I'm listening. What do you need me to change? Yeah. That's awesome. We all ought to slow down a little bit more. This also has reminded me of, I recently took a productivity class from Jordan Page, her productivity boot camp, and she talks about how she spent time in India at a leprosy colony. And she talked about how people lost limbs when they had leprosy, not because of leprosy, but because of how the disease affected their nerves. So when they would get cut or something, they couldn't feel the pain of the cut because of their leprosy. And so it would get infected and then that would cause them to lose the limb, not the leprosy, if that makes sense. And she made the point that you need to acknowledge your pain points. You need to feel your pain points so that you don't end up losing a limb. 
And she was talking about more like acknowledging the pain points in your day, in your schedule, and working through those from a productivity standpoint. But wow, such a great message there about just acknowledging pain in general and not just trying to ignore it or numb it out. That may end up making you lose a limb later or a, you know, a metaphorical limb if you're not really tuning into that. Right. I love that. Well, and that exact thing was happening with my neck where people that know me and love me would say, Candace, you're having a bad neck day today. I can tell your neck is bad. And I'd be like, no, it's not. It's totally fine. Look, I can totally move my head. Oh, wait. Oh, I can't. Mm. And I do think that it's especially a natural response for mothers to kind of ignore that pain to take care of our kids, right? Or to do whatever else we have on our agenda that day. But you're right. Like that story is so true. If I were to have kept ignoring how bad my neck was getting, I eventually would not have been able to move my neck. Instead, I said, no, I need to go to physical therapy. I need to prioritize and and meditate and be living more mindfully so I can be in tune with my body. So I think that's so important that we are listening. And once you do listen, that is when you can allow the pain to fix you. If you're constantly shooting that messenger, there's no way that you're going to be able to get the message, right? Yes. I do want to ask you a little bit more about your experience with your neck because I read in your email here that you couldn't lift your children for two years? Yes. And so how did you deal with that? I mean, not even just emotionally. I think sometimes we need to think outside the box when we're facing things like that and accept, I have a health problem that is preventing me from picking up my kids. What can I do instead? Like, this doesn't have to mean that I am a terrible mother. How can I solve this problem and honor my body? So like, what did you do? To be honest, that was one of the hardest things for me to admit to myself. I, as their mother, cannot lift them up and I, I can't control them, right? Like think of a three-year-old, three-year-old or a four-year-old having a tantrum in a store and you want to pick them up and carry them to the car. That wasn't an option for me. Mm. And so that's another reason why mindfulness was important because I realized I need my kids to be able to control their emotion so that I don't have to do it for them. And so that I don't have to physically restrain them. And so right away, I began teaching my kids how to control their emotions and also how to read mine. Because when they could read that I was getting stressed out or that I was really worried or really upset, they would change. They could say, hey, mom, let's go take a break. I can tell that you're upset. And they were better kids because I could explain to them when mom gets stressed out, my neck hurts and then I can't do as many fun things with you. Does that answer your question? Of, of Yeah, it does. It reminds me of when you said that you it taught your kids to tune into you. So I have a sister who has really severe depression and another one of my friends wanted to reach out to my who's also struggling with severe depression, reached out to my sister and asked for help and advice. And I just got to sit and be witness to that conversation. And it was beautiful to hear what my older sister had to say about it. Because my friend was saying that she's just so worried that her depression is going to have a negative impact on her children that like, when she's not feeling good, and she's really depressed that her kids are going to take on the role of thinking that they need to be her caregiver, or she just doesn't want to put that on them. Right. And I was surprised when my sister gave this answer and I thought it was absolutely beautiful. She said, I think it's a blessing that your kids are going to learn to take care of other people by tapping into being compassionate to their mother. A hundred (laughs) percent. 
like I said, all three of my kids are in college and college is a rough time. It's a lonely time and it's hard. And one of my kids came to us and let us know that they had had a traumatic experience in high school. And since they had gotten into college, they had decided that they needed some therapy and went into a therapist themselves <laughs> and had that experience of being able to heal themselves. And I told them, you know what? I am more proud of you now than I could ever be if you ended up with A's and 100% just being the most incredible college student. This is more important that you know where to go and that it's okay to take care of your mental health, mm. that your mental health is of utmost importance. And that to me showed that that time that they watched me going through this really dark depression actually ended up being a super massive positive to them mm. because they weren't afraid to go and get help when it was time for them. So as far as your sister goes, yeah, her kids, if she will allow them and if she'll be vulnerable with them, they are absolutely going to come out better and on top because yes. watching her. Yes. And she is a tremendous mother. Even with everything that she faces, she loves them so fiercely and they know that and they love her just as fiercely. And when she has her really low times, they are there for her, just like she's there for them when they have their low times. And it's really beautiful to watch it play out. And like you said, they're never going to grow up thinking that they need to be super people because their mother or father were super people. Like they've seen that humans have weaknesses and hard things happen to them and that it's okay not to be a super person and to need help from other people. Absolutely. If they can see you make it through hard times. Yes. Whatever those hard times are, they come and they go and life gets better. Yes. Isn't that the truth? And so I would, I love, I would love to just talk about this takeaway all day with you two, but we do have a third one. So what right. is your third takeaway? So our third takeaway is just meditate. That's the third takeaway. And there's a ton of studies that you can find, but the one that I think is most important to know is that the meditation doesn't necessarily take away the pain, but it makes it easier to deal with. So I was talking to my sister, who's Candace's mom, this morning, and we were talking about giving birth specifically and how you give birth to your first kid and it's really hard or you take care of your first baby and it's really hard to give them a bath. It's really hard to clip their nails. It's really hard to do those things the first time around. But then the second time around, it's a little bit easier. And the third time around, you're like, okay, I got this. It's okay. I know I'm going to feel this way, but it's okay. So the more you acknowledge that pain through meditation and recognizing what it is, how it feels in your body physically, what are those things that you're feeling physically with, for me specifically for with my arthritis, okay? My knees start to throb. I can actually feel the inflammation coming. I can feel the pain starting to come. And if I sit with that, then I'll start to recognize it earlier and earlier. And then I can take steps to actually helping the pain. So actually sitting down with a good meditation, we would recommend a body scan when you're dealing with pain. You might think, oh, it takes so long. I just don't know if I have time. But really, at the end of the day, you're going to be more productive because you are recognizing and you are learning 
how to see where the pain is affecting your body. And to really identify where is the pain, because I think sometimes we can think it's everywhere, like I hurt everywhere. But when you do a body scan, you go through and you recognize, actually, no, I only hurt in this one place. And if I lean into it, it kind of ebbs. It goes away a little bit if I can just really allow myself to feel it. So this is all very new to me meditation, but I've been excited to be introduced to it by you and your work. Thank you both so much for coming on. I know from experience and from talking to dear friends who I love that it can feel like a really desperate place to be in as a mom and to not feel well and to see no end in sight. And I just really hope that this episode and your takeaways will bring hope to some moms listening who might be in that place. So thank you for your work and for doing this for families. I Love it so much. And I'm so grateful that you were able to come on 3 and 30. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, Rachel. I love those ladies. And I hope their words have given you hope if you are in a difficult place with your health right now. And if you're not, but you know a mother who is, will you please pass this episode along to them? It might be just the lifeline they need. To recap, Candace and Becky's three takeaways for using mindfulness to cope with pain are, first, separate your pain from your suffering. In this life, we can't avoid pain, but we can avoid suffering, because remember, pain times resistance equals suffering. Second, allow the pain to fix you and look for some silver linings to your situation. Right now may be a time that you're experiencing a lot of pain, but eventually, that pain may cause something really beautiful to bloom in your life because of what you've experienced, both for you and your kids. And third and finally, meditate. Spend quiet time connecting with your body to recognize what's happening within it. The meditation that Becky and Candice recommend for pain is a body scan, which is an exercise where you get comfortable, focus on your breathing, and think about each body part as you breathe in and tune in to what your body needs. And you can find some guided meditations on Becky and Candice's website. Doing a meditation won't heal your pain, but it can help you handle it better. If you would like to learn more from Becky and Candice, they have a podcast called Common Kindness, where they teach you how to make kindness more common in your own life, starting with yourself, exactly where you're at. They also have a fantastic curriculum for kids, which would be such a fun activity to do with your children this summer. It's called the Mac Pack, and it teaches kids about mindfulness and self-compassion using simple art projects and meditations. I can't recommend this resource highly enough, and you can find it for sale at mindfulartco.com. Use the code 3in30 for a discount. My friends, I hope this episode helps you in your own seasons of sickness or pain, whether those be long seasons or short seasons. It's all hard, especially for mothers, and I hope you know that I'm in your corner rooting for you. Hang in there, and I hope you have a beautiful week with your family. <laughs>